Hey, everybody. I'm Chef Tim Lopez. I'm a line cook at the Philadelphia Eagles NovaCare Complex in South Philadelphia. This podcast is where we take a step off the field and take a look at what's on the plate for our players, coaches, chefs, and celebrities from around the world. This is Feeding the Birds. Hey fans, welcome to episode 2, season 3, Feeding the Birds podcast, sponsored by Amorosos. I had a chance during off-season workout program, they do this really cool thing every year with the rookies called Rookies Chop Competition. Happens in the kitchens over at Lincoln Financial Field. I had a chance to watch these rookies learn how to cook and actually get their hands in the food and just make some really fantastic grub for our judges. Uh, our own senior executive chef, James Searles, over here in the Eagles Novacare Complex, was one of the judges, along with Jordan Malata and Harold Carmichael. And I got to go and watch the entire event, taste some of the wonderful food that the rookies made. While I was there, I caught up with J.J. Arcega Whiteside, number 19, our brand-new wide receiver, and we talked to him about some of the food he hooked up at the Chomp competition and also a little bit about his food culture. Hey, everybody. It's Chef Tim Lopez with the Feeding the Birds podcast for Philadelphia Eagles production. I'm here with J.J. How you doing, brother? Doing good. How about you guys? Oh, we're doing great, man. We're doing great. Uh, I understand you just finished the 2019 Rookies Chopped Competition here in the basement of Lincoln Financial Field. Great kitchen, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great kitchen. Great chefs. Great food. Uh, all around great everything. Do you cook a lot? Because I was watching you put together uh, the stuff that your team was working on. It was one hell of a sandwich that you guys were building there with the, the steak and the eggs and everything. You cook a lot yourself? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I cook a lot. Uh, one time over the summer, my mom bought me a frying pan because she was tired of cooking for me. Uh, and she just bought me a frying pan and a cookbook and said, you got to learn how to cook for yourself. And uh, the next thing you know, she's buying groceries every couple of days. So, uh, yeah, I learned how to cook uh, cook for myself, cook for other people, and, uh, you know, put together some dishes. That's pretty cool, man. What do you throw down? What's your, what's your number one? Uh, I mean, you know, like, obviously, I, I when I have time, I'll just try to, you know, throw down some kind of sandwich. Um, today we had a steak sandwich with a, with an egg in it, spinach, uh, a garlic aioli in it. Um, but, you know, like, whatever whatever's around, I try to mix it up together and make it taste good. Amen, man. I try to do the exact same thing. You know? <laughs> it's been a pleasure cooking for you guys uh, during our OTAs and uh, the off-season workout program. And I know we got a lot more to look forward to. Uh, what do you think so far of our chefs over at the Eagles NovaCare? Oh, they're great. Yeah, they're great. They uh, tend to every matter that you need, um, whether you need to gain weight, lose weight, stay the same, and they make it all taste good. So they're definitely top-notch guys over there. All right. All right. I completely agree. I love working <laughs> with this organization. Tell me a little bit about when you were a kid growing up. What's some of the stuff mom hooked up for you? What were some of your, your favorite foods? Um, you know, my favorite food was definitely this uh, baked chicken that she would make. Um, and you know, it's crazy because she would make oodles and noodles and put the baked chicken in there. And I swear it tasted like a five-star meal. Um, I'm going to have to try that. That sounds, oh, yeah. that sounds good. Yeah, no, with some soy sauce and the oodles and noodles. Uh, many people don't even think about doing that, but uh, she did it and... You know, that's definitely like our go-to quick meal to make, um, something I always fall in love with. Uh, but also you have paella whenever you want to make something big. Um, you know, we mix it up. Sounds good, man. I, I would totally be there for that. Oh, yeah. Thanks again for All your right. time. Yeah, thank you, guys. Have a great afternoon. You too. It was great to catch up with JJ on the sidelines there at the Rookies Chop Competition. Up next, I got a chance to go visit the Italian market in South Philadelphia and talk to the man himself, third-generation owner of De Bruno Brothers, Emilio Minucci, about the history of the market and the wonderful things that are available there for everybody in Philadelphia. 
Hey, this is Chef Tim Lopez of Philadelphia Eagles Feeding the Birds podcast, and I'm standing here right in the middle of the 9th Street Italian Market Festival. It's a gorgeous day. I'm here with Emilio Minucci, and he is what generation, sir? Third generation. Third generation owner of the Bruno Brothers. How you doing today, brother? Oh, fantastic. How you doing today, oh, Chef? fantastic, man. This is incredible just to see so many people coming from all over to appreciate not only Italian culture, but the culture of South Philadelphia and the wonderful food that's served here and just given here to it's, everybody. It's so great. There's no other place like it in the world. Believe me, I, I, I love it. I live for this weekend every year, every year. Tell me a little bit about the culture here. Tell me a little bit about the places. I mean, what what, what is your, your feeling being here and, and just immersed in this culture, how, how do you feel about the foods of South Philadelphia? Uh, you know, to me, it's home, right? Like food is home. It's it's comforting. It's uh, it, it's you know, it's it's where I live and breathe. It's what makes me happy. On a beautiful day like today, the Italian festival going on. I grew up here, and I've seen the change in the Italian market in this neighborhood, uh, specifically. And the generations of food that have come and moved into the neighborhood, like when I was when I was a kid going to school right here, this neighborhood was predominantly was was all Italian, and and Italian after the Irish immigrants started the neighborhood, right, with uh, St. Paul's Church, which was originally an Irish um, uh, parish. Then the Italians come in turn of the century and and lived here and lived in these side streets and then set up their stands. You see all the the stands on the street, on the east side of the street. Well, all those stands are because the Italian vendors didn't have uh, brick and mortars or buildings, and so they would go to um, Dock Street to get their produce and then wheel it here, because this was like kind of industry. So you had um, uh, textiles and, and coal houses and places like that, and they would set up and sell their wares. And that's how the Italian immigrants started. And it, it became a place, this neighborhood became a place, Chef, that where people like you like to come and shop and visually see all these foods because after the Italians in the 70s, it was the Vietnamese that came in and pho. Like I was eating pho back then, you know, um, in, in the 70s when pho 75 first opened up. And they used to be over here between, uh, between 8th and 9th with a little store. And so you see that immigration happen, and then more of the uh, more of the uh, other Asian culture started coming in, the uh, the Taiwanese, the Vietnamese, the and then the Mexican culture starts coming in, and we have some great Mexican restaurants and stands down here with beautiful produce. I mean, I don't know where you can go, and you get around, Chef. Oh, I do. I yeah. don't know where you can go and get the variety of product that you get down here, and it all just feels so good because it all looks so good and smells so good. Yeah, and it's so fresh. Yeah. It's incredibly fresh. You can walk from one end of the street to the other. I'm talking all the way up 9th Street here in the Italian Market District. From Gino's and Pat's yep. all the way down to the playground, and you know, it's you, you can get everything. You yeah. can get everything, you know? Anything I'm looking for, I could come right here, you yeah. know? I'm just blown away by this place. And to have a festival to celebrate this place yeah. is absolutely amazing. I know yeah. people come from all over the country to come and check this out. Oldest open, open market, market in, 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 the, the, yeah, in the United the country, States, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That's right. 100%. When did the market start? This market, uh, turn of the century. So it started uh, as far back as we were able to go. First documentation of the business association was um, back in 1903. And it's on these, and you'll see markers around the neighborhood mm -hmm. that one right celebrate there, yeah. from 1915, the second generation of Italians, right? So 
So I think it was like 1903 was the first, you know, like my my family started coming in uh, in late 96, 97, 18, 96, 97. And then, you know, they that, that's when it all, you know, started to creep in all the all the immigration at that time, turn of century and forth. So, yeah, this is, uh, it's, it's, it's great. Yeah, what's it's great. one of the things you love the most about being right here in this in this district community the people um you know again i said it from from the vietnamese to the mexicans the italians the irish like everybody understands that this is a place where where the immigrants start and everybody knows how hard it is to make a life for you and your family and in this place everybody just sees each other as the same and we just enjoy each other's cultures and I, I when, when I come here I just I, you know I love being able to walk down the street and go into blue corn because it's some of the best Mexican food on the street or walking across the street to get the uh, to, to get the uh, tamales that are being fresh pressed across the street from uh, from uh, from uh, Esposito's you go in Esposito's and watch them break down whole animals I mean you don't see that everywhere. No, you don't. It's almost like a museum of food that you can reach out and just grasp and eat it and take it home and cook with it. You're sourcing the freshest ingredients and everything is right here. You wander around, you can create a whole meal. Hell, you can create a whole menu yeah. just walking the street. Yeah. You know, and we do that a lot at the Philadelphia Eagles. Guys love Italian food, you know, they love Mexican food, they love pho, they love all that kind of stuff. Let me ask you this. Philadelphia Eagles, right? Tailgate is a big thing. If you're gonna you're gonna tailgate, right? You're gonna bring something from the Brunos. What are you bringing? What do you? What's your top tailgate food? What are you gonna present? I'll tell you. What I always bring is very easy: cheese, provolone, Parmigiano-Reggiano. I bring supper side salami. We bring crusty bread, and we bring lots of uh, beer and wine. Amen. You know, like for me, those are the pick things. You know, olives, simple stuff that you can just grab and snack, throw in a roll and just eat, you know, like keep we keep it simple. It's fantastic. I think you have to keep it simple. I know a lot of people go barbecue. Yeah. A lot of people go wings. Listen, I don't mind you know, that either. I don't like mind my that friends either, that, that tailgate around me to do that. Like we share. So I love that too. But I think that's the best part. Like as much we got the community here, I think tailgating is also its own community, you know. Oh you God. bring in some of your good food, you could try some of your neighbor's good food. Everybody's there under one spirit, support for our Philadelphia Eagles. Some of know? those guys at tailgate, man, I'm so impressed with what they do and what they break out, like the equipment they break out in barbecue and all the Oh man, I mean, yeah, it's 100%. I keep it simple. I pack coolers with you know, pick stuff, you know, prosciutto, provolone, yeah. parmigiano, soppressade, olives, bread. And you're bringing top of the line from uh, your spot right here. Listen, so. I'm spoiled. I'm, only, I'm used to, like, good stuff. And, you know, being born and raised in the family business, it's, I only want good stuff. Well, tell me what your perfect sandwich is then. We just talked about ingredients. <laughs> you had to pick one Italian sandwich. That's the only thing you can have the rest of your life. What do you got? I, you know, so if it's something that I'm making, it's going to be my uh, our aged provolone from uh, it's a domestic one from Grande, which I love so much that I just cut that and I and I'll put that in the rolls. I like the thick pieces, and then I just take our soppressata, the spicy one, and I slice that like with a knife because I like that a little little uh, little toothsome. Little, you know, I don't like it too thin. I throw that in a roll, and then I just like to smear a little gorgonzola in the roll, and I. 
Like an actor. Good, man. Dude, you, 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 you go straight up hardcore. <laughs> I like it. That's what I Dalio, do. You're, you're speaking to me right here in my heart, man. <laughs> that is good stuff. And I'm with you on the soap or sad. It can't be too thin. Nah, it's got to have nah, a little nah. pull to it, it when you bite it because it, it the texture, you need that texture Absolutely. in there. Sometimes people don't understand this places I go and like everything's sliced like paper thin. Wow. I'm like, that's fine for prosciutto. You yes. got to go a little bit thicker you with do. the other meat. You, you got to go a little bit thicker. That's right. I get you 100%. You're, you cook a lot, right? I do, I do. Yeah. What is one tool in the kitchen you can't live without besides your, your knives? I know every chef loves their knives. Give me your second one. Say, so, uh, you know, um, second tool. I, you know, my knife, my cutting board. That's interesting. Everything I do by hand. My wife hollers at me. I, my my spoon. You know, I don't know. As a chef and chef trained and going to culinary school, I always have the the big spoon in my back pocket where I do my tasting and and and, and sampling or dishing or like that's I use it for everything. It's my spatula. It's my right. It's all I mean, purpose. You know. All purpose yeah, tool. Yeah, spoon, I get you. That's it. I get you, brother. That's I'm with you on use. that. It's funny. My wife doesn't know how to use it. It's a spoon. Just use it. Just, just use it. It has multiple, it multiple things it can do. 100%. What's up, brother? How you doing? Pop bottles with it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, you're speaking to me now. I'm thinking of doing that very soon. Let's talk about Sunday supper. Oh, yeah. All right? Not a lot of people source from you guys for Sunday supper because you got some of the best quality stuff. A lot of quality stuff around here. I'm seeing Claudio's. Yeah. You know, I'm seeing a lot of different places today. What's your ultimate Sunday supper? I know you got to have the gravy. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, it's, uh, it's a long-cooked gravy. My wife usually does the gravy. She handles that part of it. That's uh, so like I, I do most everything else. But my wife's gravy for me is the greatest. She learned from her mother. She takes her. Uh, she she rolls her meatballs. She she she'll do them the night before when she's doing big. Um, when we're having big uh, dinners with lots of people come over, like for the holidays. So she'll roll the meatballs the night before, let them set in the fridge, and then she'll take them out and just fry them in the uh, in the bottom of the pan. Take them out. Don't cook them all the way. She just fries them till they're a little bit ready. She'll add sausage. She'll add uh, you know a little bit of uh, garlic to it. Uh, pork ribs. And my my mother-in-law's secret was uh, chicken legs. She would put chicken in there to get some of the chicken fat into the into the. In, into the gravy and then dump the tomatoes in there you know along with the garlic and uh, you know a little bit of red pepper and cook slow cook that when it's ready after it's gone for about three hours my wife will then put the meat back in it and let it finish and that's when she'll put in one of the things that I love most about her gravy is uh, we, we put pepperoni it's the same pepperoni we'll cut it on a bias and throw a bunch of chunks of that in there to make it a little bit spicier and let the pepperoni cooking there as well and then you know Sunday gravy is about you know the, the salad vinegar and oil red red wine vinegar not balsamic because I'm not a balsamic guy but red wine vinegar I like that acid you have the salad nice and fresh then you have the pasta and then you have a big bowl of meat next to it just it's such a good there you go right? picking there my you hand. go it's 100 percent that's Sunday supper it's us that is Sunday supper Lots to me as well Lots I like the, I like the, the multiple things you're putting in that gravy because once again texture yeah texture you're getting the pepperoni you're getting the pork rib you're getting the, the meatballs chicken. you're getting the sausage the chicken ah, so everything in there it's that so just good. that sounds amazing I could make that for the birds 
at the Eagles Novacare Complex, those guys would kill it. Yeah, they would absolutely <laughs> kill it. They love. They love like rigatoni and sausage, <laughs> broccoli rabe. They love roast pork sandwiches, all the Italian meats we talked about. Those guys are on point. For the special holidays, we do filled pastas. You know, like we'll go to Toluda's and get ravioli or stuffed shells. But during the regular course of the year, we'll just do like rigatoni, like you said, or we'll do uh, gnocchi, or we'll do uh, spaghetti with crabs. That's another one. Spaghetti oh, crabs. 100 man. Another one of my favorites. My wife does it very similar, but instead of cooking the meat in the to start, you'll cook the crabs to start in there and then dump the tomatoes on top and slow cook that. There's no such thing as too much garlic with no. that, right? you got to have a, a lot of garlic. A lot, what about red wine? You guys put a lot of red oh, wine yeah, in your yeah. sauce? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice yeah, bottle absolutely. of red. Yeah, I figure yeah. you're going to make one sauce, one bottle, right? That's exactly right. One sauce, And then another bottle. bottle to drink with it so you can taste the flavor <laughs> come through the sauce. Amen, brother. All right, we'll ask you one more question. I want to know. You're a big Eagles fan. What do you think is so great about the connection between food and football? How does this neighborhood and how does this culture connect to our Philadelphia Eagles? Well, because, uh, you know, I mean, ever since I was a kid, it was the Eagles game was coming on. It was a 1 o'clock game. Dinner was be right before the game. We ate dinner at noon, right? And then we'd watch the game, and then we had more later on. And it just always felt like, it always felt right, right, growing up. I lived on the market here. We went to school, went to church. So we always went to early mass. And my mom would have the meatballs all fried, and, and she'd have the gravy cooking in much the same way my wife still does today. We'd have little meatballs, the fried meatballs, while the pasta or the gravy was cooking. And then... Uh, I just think it's a, it, it, it all fits together. It's, it's our culture and the way we were brought up here. And then you'd eat and then sit down and watch the Eagles game. And I got to tell you, like, I'm a four-for-four four guy. Philadelphia Eagles, Sixers, Flyers, Phillies. Like, and because of my father, is a very proud, you know, uh, Vietnam War veteran. And, you know, he, uh, like, his, he's just very proud of this country. And, you know, he made sure that we were and we celebrated all there was. And, and like, being... A fan of the local teams was something we did, and you know, and the Eagles for me were was my favorite team. I made my father paint my room Eagles green, my my bedroom uh, in the seventies. When he you. asked me, when he asked me what I what color I wanted to paint the room, I said it's got to be Eagles green, and I lived with that. It was, I mean, it's awesome. I, I don't know, I, you know, to me, it just goes. I just love how how connected this city is to sports. Yeah, you know, sports just so connected to food because I'm feeding these guys direct and then I watch them go out on that field and do something amazing and I know what we're putting into their body and yes we're focused on nutrition we're focused on bringing them a healthy diet so they can go out there and kick butt you know so they can recover real fast but we also top of the line food top of the line food yeah, like everything we've been talking be. about today and and Italian hits it out of the park all the time you tell me you tell me when you talk to these athletes you know you, you see them every day like what do they think about Philadelphia and the sports community, and, and I've heard from a bunch of them, and they, you know, what I've heard, and maybe it's my selective hearing, but but there's there isn't there aren't many cities that embrace their sports like Philadelphians embrace their sports. That's that's what I've heard from them. But you you're closer to them. Yeah. You know, do you get that vibe from those guys? Like I get that vibe a hundred percent. Right. A hundred percent. Every single time we're on third down. Okay. They tell me they say when the crowd starts roaring, and I'm not even talking about a home game. I'm talking about an away game when we make it feel like a home game. We travel. This city travels with its teams, and this city is on board with its teams through thick and thin, through rough, tough times, and through the best times like that parade that we had and the wonderful Super Bowl trophy. 
trophy that we got. But the, the players tell me that they care for these fans deeply because the fans give them back 200% in admiration and respect and just dedication to the team. You know, we're there in the snow, we're there in the rain. Philadelphia Eagles fans are special, man. We're there through everything. And we eat good all the time. That's right. All the time. We feed our team good. This city eats good. I think the community you build through food, the community you build through a sports team like the Philadelphia Eagles, that's just gonna that's just gonna make a wonderful life for you and your family. Because it's a big family thing too. Oh, it is. You know, you get your kids started early, you know, having your dad paint your room like that. I mean, that's a wonderful <laughs> yeah, story. Really There's so many other stories just <laughs> like that about how, much, how many kids are into the sports culture yeah. and how it goes hand-in-hand -hand with, with, with the family and the food traditions. I had a blast talking to you today, Brown. Chef, Thank you pleasure, so much. Man. If you guys are interested in finding out more about everything Eagles, you can check out Eagles Live Podcast with Dave Spadaro. You can also look into Journey to the Draft with Fran Duffy. I also want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Amoroso's. I tell you, man, there is nothing like that bakery. A lot of people say to me all the time, because they know I work in Philadelphia, why are the sandwiches so good in Philly? I'll tell you, man, it's the bread. And if you want really good bread for that great sandwich, you got to get it from Amoroso's. Amoroso's bread is always fresh, and they have any kind of bread that you need to make a fantastic sandwich. i also like to give a shout out to my producer, Peter Kelly, doing a hell of a job with this podcast. It is amazing to work with this guy and go out and around in the world of Philadelphia and beyond checking out all the fantastic food and food culture. So that'll do it for this episode of Feeding the Birds podcast. Thank you very much for downloading and listening to our podcast. If you're interested in finding out more about what goes on behind the scenes at the Eagles Novacare Complex food-wise, check out my Instagram at cheftim.eagles. So won't you please join us next time as we continue our exploration of the food culture of everyday people who live extraordinary lives. Go Birds! <laughs>